Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. I want to kick off with a question that I already know the answer to. And I'm wondering if you'll be real about it and if you'll be honest about it. You don't necessarily have to answer out loud. Are you tired? Okay. (laughs) Exhausted. Worn out. Spent. Man, that's the reality for so many of us. Some of you hear that, but you don't want to admit it. Deep down, you know, man, I just got to keep going and going, and I need the strength to proceed, so I don't even want to slow down enough to admit the reality that I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm spent. And it's for different reasons, and much of it somehow, some way, revolves around the world we've been living in this last year and a half. I think about all of our parents and man, you're exhausted, you're tired, and school just started back up, and, and, and you're having to figure this out and navigate this, and what's the latest, and what's changed today, and, and how, what am I going to do, and do I agree with the policies, do I agree with this, I, I wish it was this way, and do I look at other options, do I not keep my kids in school, do I homeschool, do I look at private school, I can't afford private school, do I do that? And so it's exhausting all that's coming your way as it pertains to your kids, some of you with your job. And all the new protocols that have been coming your way, all the mandates that are coming our way or might be coming our way, all the the passports that are coming our way. Uh, Some of you look at the economy and and you look at your pocketbook and and you're thinking, you know, inflation is here. And some of us as adults, we've never seen this in our lifetime. And you're like, okay, well, some people say it's temporary. Other people say, no, 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 uh, this is going to be here if we keep going this direction. And, And you're trying to figure out. What's real? What's true? What's real news? What's fake news? What's real information? What's disinformation? One doctor says this, but this other doctor says something completely different. One governor says this, another governor says something completely different. Who do I trust? How do I know who to trust? I know. I'll go to Facebook because they're always honest. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's exhausting, isn't it? And you're worn out, and you're tired. What happens when you and I, when we get tired, when we get tired and worn out for long periods of time, not just for a day or a week or a month, but for seasons upon seasons? We end up burning up and burning out. And when we burn up and burn out, eventually that leaks. That leaks into uh, beyond ourselves. Eventually, it impacts others. And when we're tired, it impacts us spiritually, physically, psychologically, emotionally, and relationally. We're tired, and it impacts all of our life. So what do you do when you're tired, at least physically? Well, you rest, right? You rest. But what is rest? Is it taking a nap? Is rest sleeping in one day? Is rest taking a vacation? What is rest? Well, I want to look at this a little bit this morning. In Exodus chapter 20, we have the Ten Commandments that God gave his people, the Israelites. And the fourth of the Ten Commandments that God gave them says this, 
God says this. He says in Exodus 20, verse 8, he says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, your daughter, your son, your manservant, your maidservant, nor your animals, nor the aliens within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath, and he made it holy. The Sabbath day that God created was meant to be a day of rest. Everybody say rest. Rest. You could say that rest, in its simplest form, just kind of looking through this, is, is, is not working. And some people think that that means doing nothing. But actually, it is a day of directed activity with a specific goal. To refresh us. To refresh our community to refresh us as individuals, and to refresh our community collectively. In Exodus chapter 31, it says, In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day God rested and was refreshed. God was even modeling Sabbath rest for us. Not working. Resting. It wasn't just to renew our physical strength, though that's important. It was a means by which we could renew and be refreshed spiritually. Sabbath is for us. Sabbath is a gift from God where work ceases and we, we rest and we get refreshed physically, but even more important, spiritually, refreshed in our soul, refreshed in our spirit. So I want you to say this, Sabbath is for me. And usually I just have you say one word, so this will be a little different. Sabbath is for me. We're going to say it all together. One, two, three. Sabbath is for me. Let's do it again. Sabbath is for me. So of course the Israelites, they wanted to know, well, well what does it mean to cease, to not work? What's considered to be work and what isn't? Legitimate question. Well, by the time that Jesus had arrived on the scene, the religious leaders, you ready for this? They had created 39 categories of what constituted rest and what constituted work, of which under those categories were hundreds and hundreds of Sabbath rules. You can find them all in the Talmud or the Mishnah, which is the Jewish you know, code of law. And if you were to look through all those, many of them quite insane and ridiculous, you say, man, I'm thankful that I'm not a Jew and I'm a Christian because Jesus said we have freedom in Christ and so we're no longer bound by the law of the Old Testament meant for the Jewish people. We have freedom in Christ. We're not bound by the rules. But the principle of rest still is valid. The principle of rest, of not working, of, of ceasing, so that we can have an opportunity to be refreshed. That is so vitally important for every single one of us. In fact, Jesus made it clear. The Sabbath was made for us. It was given by God to us. It's a gift from God. Ultimately, that passage says, to draw us closer to him. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 11? He said, man, if you're tired, 
If you're worn out, if you're exhausted, if you're spent from carrying these burdens that are so, so heavy, and we're doing that right now. And some of you, that burden, like, it's weighing you down so much so that it's hard for some of you to function and to make decisions. And it's not healthy for you. And Jesus said, man, if that's you, he said, come to me, and I will give you what? I will give you, say it with conviction, I will give you rest. Hebrews 4 tells us that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. So it's important to understand as we think about rest, as we think about ceasing from our work, apart from Jesus, you just try to do this, say, I'm just going to stop working. Great, we just got permission. I'm done. No work. Go home after the, today and, you know, if you have a spouse or uh, they say, hey, I need you to do this, this, and this, and then, no, pastor said, we got to rest. <laughs> rest apart from Jesus. Rest without us coming to Jesus is we will miss out on the true rest and the true refreshment that God has for us and that he desires for us to have. So I had one word heading into my summer sabbatical. I had pastor friends who had done sabbaticals before, uh, uh, many of them. Um, they didn't wait 18 years like I did, and so they, they had been on a few, and they said, we've discovered that it's important that you go into your sabbatical with one word. Pray about it, seek God. What would that one word be for you? And I, I prayed, and I, I knew, I mean, God, I, I already knew what it was, and I knew what my word was. Anyone want to guess? Rest. Rest. I knew I needed to rest, to draw closer to the Lord, and to be refreshed by Jesus. So I ceased from working. And I got to tell you, it was great. It was great. No agendas, no emails, no texts. No phone. I had a burner phone all summer. And so some of you are like, hey, you never got back to me. I never got your text. No sermon prep. And the, no meetings with you wonderful people. And what I didn't realize how much of an issue this was or how powerful resting from this was, no decisions to make at all. None except for what am I going to eat today? I didn't realize you, like me, live in a world, some of us, if you're in charge of things, you know, even if you're in charge of your household, you live in perpetual decision-making. And when the weights of those decisions are heavier and heavier and heavier, it's difficult. No responsibility. It was incredible, and some of you are saying, that sounds like a dream. I wish I could leave for two months and go have what you had. Well, you can. You can have the principles of it, and we're going to be talking about that more today. Rest for me, by the way, was not sitting around. And so, in fact, I had friends who'd say, yeah, you know, I'd ask, what do you do? Oh, we go to Hawaii, and we just sit on the beach all day. So I took this picture of this dude, and there's just tons of people like this. Sitting around, literally, just like this. And I'm like, dude, that is not rest. That is torture. <laughs> that, that would be work for me to lie around like that. And, and uh, one day I kind of tried it, just almost in jest. And I'm just sitting there going, doo, doo, doo. you know, this is not working. 
Here's what I discovered as I, as I ceased from my work. I knew that the rest that I needed was not so much for my physical body, though that's that, fine, that would be helpful. I knew what I needed was to rest my mind. I needed to rest my heart. I needed to rest my soul. And so what was rest for me? To rest my mind and heart and soul. Rest for me was hiking all over Kauai. And it was incredible, and I loved it. And, and again, I'm not going to show you a ton of pictures, just a couple. Uh, the, the pictures don't do it justice. Here's me on the Nepali coast, and I loved going up there. I went up there a couple times, and you can go out on this ridge and hike out there. And if you slip and fall, well, you, you know, you go meet Jesus. And so, um, no, I'm not kidding, and I didn't show you all those pictures and everything. But it, but it, was, it, was, a little, it was a little scary doing that. But um, just it was, it was phenomenal doing that. That was rest for me. Rest for me was walking down to the beach every single day and watching the sunset. That was rest. That was good. Laying there trying to fall asleep, not rest. Watching the sunset, rest for me. Uh, I didn't think sunsets could get better than Kauai, and then I went to the Big Island, and the Big Island sunsets are out of this world. Again, pictures don't do it justice, but you get a little bit of the idea. Rest for me was sitting and listening and watching the waves crashing. Rest for me, I found out and discovered was reading mindless fiction novels. It's not something I do. Some of you might do that. It's not something I do. I read like, you know, leadership books and spiritual development books. That's what I read. And so I remember when I picked my first one up, I was like, well, let's just kind of see what happens. And man, I loved it so much. I just kept more and more audible. Oh, let me try. Oh, this is a series. Let me get, go back and read the rest. And man, you should make movies out of these. These are incredible. And rest for me, was not setting my alarm the normal time every morning. Rest for me was setting it 20 minutes later. <laughs> I still had to get up early so I wouldn't waste my day away so I could rest. <laughs> Some of you are catching that. By the way, one of my goals on this sabbatical, you ready for this? I, this was a goal. My goal is to get bored. Now, some of you are like, who cares? What's that? I haven't been bored in 20, 30 years. Remember when you were kids? Before devices, some of you who are older? Remember before devices and phones and all that kind of stuff? Remember you were bored and you sat around and you figured out how to entertain yourself and, and you know, go make stuff up and play and create and all this stuff. So I was like, man, I want to get bored. Um, it didn't really happen, um, but I tried. What is rest? God invites you to it. To cease what is work so that you can draw close to him, so that you can be refreshed. And so I ask you, what is rest for you? I told you some of the things that are rest for me. What is ceasing for you and not working for you? You don't have to turn to the Mishnah and see what constituted rest for the Israelites. We have more freedom than that. What is rest for you? I just jotted down a few practical thoughts here um, for you to consider. I could literally go off and rant on every single one of these. I won't. But I do know that God wants us to rest from our work and our routine. That I know. Rest from our work and our routine. So what does that look like for you? I don't know. Maybe rest for you is taking a walk. Maybe rest for you is playing a game. Maybe rest for you is doing something mindless in the yard and maybe doing some yard work or washing a vehicle. For others of you, washing a vehicle is the ultimate definition of work. 
It varies. Rest from your normal work. Rest from your normal routine. That you would set aside a day, an afternoon, an evening, something beyond your normal routine. And maybe for some of you, that's, you know, taking up a hobby. My uncle and my grandfather, their hobby was building model airplanes and flying them. You know, if you know anybody who does that, you know, you build those and you go crash them and you rebuild them and you crash them and you rebuild them. That sounds like torture to me, but for them, that was rest. What is rest for you? I hope you would all agree that we would be wise to rest from social media. That's crickets in here. That's what I expected. We would do well to shut down our social media for a day. We don't need it. Amen. Yeah, clap. Let's go. It is not helping you. I can tell you this. You would be wise to rest from the news. That was the best part of my summer. Man. You know what I discovered this summer? I didn't need the news every day that I thought I did. Because I came back, it was the same old stuff. (laughs) Nothing changed in two months other than more masks, more lockdown, more this, more that, more, you know. It's all, I think we would all do well to rest for a day from the news. There'll be plenty of the same thing the next day. And this is key. Rest from major decision-making. Those decisions will be there the next day. And can you imagine if you're rested? If you're rested to the point where that decision that you need to make, you're now rested. You'll have a better perspective. And and let me me say this. I had a lot of decisions that I had to deal with and make uh, um, heading into my sabbatical. I was like, well, they're just going to have to wait. But I can tell you this, they were a lot of decisions. And I had got to the point, and some of you may get to this point one day, and it's not a good place to get. It, it, you, I got to the point where it was very difficult for me to even make a decision. I couldn't process the decision-making I needed to make. The wisdom wasn't there. The perspective wasn't there. It wasn't a good situation. And some of you might be there, or you might be headed there because you don't rest. And I came back. And I immediately got slammed with a couple things that were pretty big. And you know what happened? I was able to listen and to hear. And if those had come to me two months prior, I would have said, I'm done. Not really, but I would have, I'd be like, count me out. But all of a sudden, I found myself going, oh, I have room here. I can hear this. I can understand it. I can think about through it. Rest from making decisions. Because later you will make a better decision, a wiser decision. What is rest for you? It's interesting to me, God commanded the Israelites to rest their fields. Did you know that? Because he said, don't let the animals work. No, there's no working in the fields every seventh day. But also, you ready for this? Every seventh year, don't work the land. Don't till the land. Don't plant the land. Now, some of you might know a little bit of Jewish history. Uh, uh, The Jews didn't follow this. They didn't follow this for 490 years. 
They didn't let the Sabbath rest every seventh year for 490 years. So they owed God. How many of those of you are good at math um, while it's still being taught in school? Another topic. So um, how many of you can figure out 490 years they owed God how many Sabbath years? Seventy years they owed God. God said, you won't rest? Okay. He kept telling you, you won't rest, you won't rest. Okay, you're going to follow idols. You're not going to trust me. Okay. 586 B.C., what did he do? He sends in the who? The Babylonians. They come in, disperse them. They're gone. You won't rest the land? I'll make sure it rests. Seventy years the land rested. You see, rest matters to God. What was one of the reasons rest matters to God? Being refreshed. We've talked about that a little bit. But rest, why is it so important for you and I to rest? What does God want to do with us? Rest is teaching us faith and trust in God. What am I talking about? Rest is all about faith and trust in God. Why faith? Why trust? Because God's saying, do you trust what I'm saying? Do you trust my ways? In the case of the land of Israel, the physical land, God wanted to know, Israelites, will you trust me that you let the land rest for every seventh year, but I'll still provide for you. I'll still take care of you. Work the land six years. Give it a rest and trust God that he would provide the seventh year. See, that's trust. I'm sure you all know this story of Chick-fil-A by now. When they set out to start this company and they came up with a business model, they're Christians, and they chose to apply this principle very literally, and they said, we are going to rest our company every seventh day. We will not be open on Sundays. And everybody said, that is a terrible business model. You're a fast food joint. You have to be open on Sunday. That's one of the most critical days. You are not going to survive as a company. You will not be successful. You have to be open every seven days. This won't work. The last time I checked, Chick-fil-A is doing fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> on my summer rest, God was dealing with me. He was exposing my pride, my ego. He was exposing my lack of trusting God and trusting his ways and that his ways are best. And in the midst of the sabbatical, God reminded me of a verse that I was one of the first verses I memorized as a, as a young leader, as a young pastor. And that's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, where it says, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he's the one who's going to actually make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But God, God, you, God, you gave me a mind to use, and you don't want me to lean on my own understanding? You gave me a mind. Yep. Use it wisely. And the wisest first step, the wisest first decision that you can make is to trust my ways, my plans, my priorities, my methods, my ways of doing things. Trust those first and foremost. That's the wisest way you can use your mind. And then, as you're moving through in your life, anything in your life that contradicts my ways, my plans, my priorities, my methods 
that you make the choice to trust my way, God said, rather than your own way. Sabbath, rest, ceasing from work so that we would be refreshed. That's about you and I trusting God, trusting in God, trusting in God's ways, that his methods are best, that this idea of rest is best. And God had to deal with me, and he had to work on me with this because I wasn't trusting him in this. I lived a life, I say, with a sense of shame, but God was working on me in this, that my attitude has always been, I will rest when I get to heaven. There's a whole lot to do here on earth. And God said, Chris, you ready to deal with this? You ready? Now, what's the practical power of rest? For you and I, what does it do for us? Rest is incredible because it leads to margin in our life. Until you rest, you will not have margin. Say the word margin. Margin's one of the greatest gifts that you and I can receive. If you have margin financially, what does it mean? It means you have options, you have choices, you can choose. If you're rested, you have margin. If you're not rested, you don't have margin. You don't have freedom. You don't have choice. You don't have options. You don't have options to pause and to hear and to see and to listen. All you have is being in the grind and go and go and go. And you're in the grind physically, mentally, emotionally. And your whole life is a reaction to everything coming at you. And so you just go and go and go and go. But it'll catch up to you. And eventually you'll burn up and burn out. And it'll impact your life and those around you. With rest comes margin, and with margin comes freedom and choices and options. So you can hear from God, so you can hear what God has to say to you. Ceasing from your work, it gave me the rest I desperately needed, freed me up to process and to think what what it was that God wanted to share with me. And unfortunately, I'm so behind time that I'm going to tell you all about that next week. Because it's also what God has for you. But we start at a place of rest, saying, okay, God, I'm ready to deal with this. Because if you don't rest, you won't have margin. And if you don't have margin, it is very, very difficult to hear from God in all the ways he to hear from him in ways that you will only hear when you rest to see what he has for you in ways you'll only see if you have rested and you have margin. You can still hear from God, but God has so much more for you. Would you be willing to go on this journey with me? Like I said, it's a new journey. We'll go on it together as a church family and see what God will do with us. Because again, a whole bunch of you said it out loud. Some of you just didn't say it out loud. You're tired. So what we're doing isn't working. How about we try God's ways? Let's trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. Let's acknowledge his way. Let's try his way and figure that out together. And let's rest so we have the margin so God can renew us. You ready for this? And he can refresh us. I'll bet you want that. I wanted it. I can tell you today, I am in such a better place today than I was when I left. You can be in a better place too tomorrow than today you begin to apply the principles of rest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we come before you. 
God, we're tired. We're worn out. We're exhausted. And God, I pray you would help us in this journey to turn to you, to trust you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And if you're sitting there right now, would you, as someone who is hearing from God, if you know you're tired, would you just turn that to God? He, Jesus, he said, come to me. I'm the one who's going to give you rest. So will you come to him now and say, Jesus, just say something like this. Say, Jesus, I come to you. And I want your rest. I'm not sure what it fully looks like yet, but I want to go on the journey. So I lay my life before you. I'm going to trust your ways. And I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. So God, I lay my life before you. Refresh me, God. Refresh me. Pray that. Refresh me, God. Refresh me. God, hear these prayers. Restore and refresh us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.